Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome to Creating a Family. Talk about infertility and adoption. Today's show will be on grants for fertility treatment. I think you're really going to enjoy this show. Here's a sample of what you will hear. Now we really are here to fill in the gap. We, we are not able to provide 100% of need for anyone uh, because it's rare, um, even for most families that go through IVF, that even a full grant of 10000 will completely meet the need. Mm-hmm. We really are looking to see that people are um, prioritizing in a way that suggests that family building is of value. I'm Dawn Davenport, the Director of Creating a Family. We are the National Infertility and Adoption Education and Support Organization. You can find us online at creatingafamily.org. We are a weekly radio show, and we utilize the podcast model, uh, which allows us to archive all the old shows and allows you to download and listen whenever you choose. To make sure that you automatically hear about each episode, you can subscribe to our show at either iTunes or on the radio page of our site, creatingafamily.org slash radio show. The Creating a Family radio show is underwritten by our corporate sponsor, Faring Pharmaceutical. Faring Pharmaceuticals is pleased to offer the IVF Greenlight program, providing discounts of up to 50% on select IVF products. All cash-paying patients are eligible, and unlike other programs, there is no financial requirement. You can get more information at their website, ivfgreenlight.com, or, of course, you can talk to your reproductive endocrinologist as well. We primarily keep in touch with our audience through our twice-weekly e-newsletter. We let you know about the latest developments in infertility or adoption, and as well as the new resources we add every week to our site and the upcoming week's blog topics and show topics. To sign up, you can go to uh, any page of our site, top right-hand side. This show, as well as all the resources provided by Creating a Family, could not happen without the generous support of our gold sponsors who believe in our mission of providing unbiased information and support to the patient community. Some of our wonderful gold sponsors include Fairfax, Fairfax Cryobank. Fairfax has been a leader in sperm donation for over 25 years and is dedicated to supplying updated, verified, and accurate medical and personal information on their donors. Only one in 200 applicants make it through their screening process to become a donor. We also have Reproductive Medicine Associates of New Jersey. They are a recognized scientific and patient care leader in the field of infertility. They have seven offices in New Jersey, and they maintain IVF delivery rates well above the national average and offer the latest and validated technical solutions to help hopeful parents increase their chances of success in the shortest time possible. We also have other great sponsors whose generosity allows us to bring you this show. 
We ask that when choosing an infertility service provider or an adoption service provider, please consider one from the Creating a Family directories, which you can find on the service provider page of our site. You can search by location, services provided, uh, just a whole host of factors that we think are important when choosing and we think you will think are important. Uh, by using these directories, you support those who support us, and we thank you. Today, as I mentioned, our show is going to be about grants that are available to pay for fertility treatment. Our guests today are Lisa Duran. She is the director of Pay It Forward Fertility Foundation, a nonprofit organization that assists couples in paying for fertility treatment not covered by health insurance. We also have Dr. Camille Hammond. She is the director of the Tanina Q. Cade Foundation, which provides grants to assist needy infertile families. Welcome, Lisa and Camille, to Creating a Family. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Don. Yeah, actually, uh, Camille, you've been here before, so I should have actually said welcome back. Uh, yeah, we have been big fans okay. of of, uh, of the uh, Cade Foundation for some time. Well, it probably isn't going to be no surprise to either of you, we received a couple of emails for this show, and they can all be summarized by this question from Lucinda. We don't have insurance, she says, and we can't afford fertility treatment. We desperately want to start a family. What grants are available? Who usually gets them, and how poor do we have to be? Before we jump into answering Lucinda's and the others' questions, she was just the one that I chose because she covered the waterfront pretty well there. Um, before we, we start talking about her specific questions, I thought it would be helpful if we just, or if I, I guess, just briefly summarize the options people have uh, for affording and paying for fertility treatment. As we all know, fertility treatment is expensive. Um, some people have health insurance. Uh, some states mandate coverage, but other times companies include it in their policy as a benefit. So something that you can do is talk to the HR department uh, at your company and ask for them to include this. There is some good information that we have on our website about um, ultimate cost uh, for providing this and, and the benefits and uh, what it does for uh, for company morale and things such as that. So that's certainly an option is to try to get coverage through your health insurance. And, again, we have a page on health insurance on our website, which is creatingafamily.org. Uh, go to the A to Z uh, resources for infertility and click on infertility insurance. Another option people have is to save money uh, for to pay for their treatments. We have done quite a few shows on this, including one this uh, a couple of months ago in August uh, on the Dave Ramsey way to save money. Um, some of the options you have would be to get a second job, work overtime, cut your expenses. Um, it's amazing how much you can save uh, when you are really motivated. Um, another option is lower cost IVF, either through uh, saving, saving money on your fertility medications, uh, choosing clinics that market themselves as lower cost, or utilizing some of the bundled programs or discount programs that clinics offer. Again, we have a page on this on our website. I think it's called clinics, uh, to Clinic Discount Programs. Uh, and you can. We've done a number of shows, and we also have other information about that. Um, there are also clinics that advertise themselves as lower cost, and there's also going abroad for treatment. Although that usually only saves money on the more advanced treatments, such as egg donation or surrogacy. And there, are, you do need to be cautious. Again, we have 
quite a few resources on this as as well as uh, fact sheets on cautions and things that you need to be careful of. Um, Again, we have a page. uh, It's on uh, going abroad for fertility treatment. Um, Loans. There are loans available uh, either through your clinic or through companies that specialize in fertility loans or through your bank. Um, And then there is individual fundraising um, that you can do either in person or online. Um, There's a couple of online options that you can find. GoFundMe.com is one of them. Um, And last but certainly not least, and the focus of this show, is on grants for fertility treatment. Now, I'm going to stop talking and I want to talk, get to Lucinda and others' questions about um, what we need to do as far as, I mean, some of our questions about grants. Um, what grants are available for fertility treatment? What I'd like to do is is find out about the organizations, the foundations that, that you two run, and then we'll talk about some of the others as well. Um, Camille, uh, tell us about the Cade Foundation and, and who is eligible and, and what your goals are. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on today. I'm really excited to share about our work, and I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to connect with Pay It Forward as well. There are a lot of great organizations that um, support families with infertility. So the Cade Foundation was established in 2005, and we are a nonprofit that was started to provide both financial support through grants to families with infertility as well as information support through education-focused programming. Our grants are available online, and they're actually available right now at www.cadefoundation.org, and they would provide up to $10,000 to families with infertility. There must be a diagnosis of infertility, so it must be physician-diagnosed. At this point, we do not have any financial uh, or income uh, restrictions um, and we do not have any age restrictions. So the only hard and fast requirement is that you have a diagnosis of infertility and that you be a legal permanent, you need to be a citizen or a legal permanent resident of the United States. And they are available um, throughout the country. We work with all fertility clinics and um, are really excited. I'm really excited to share that in the past um nine years, we have supported 47 families with up to $10,000 each. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, Lisa, tell us about Pay It Forward. Yes, thank you. And I'm I'm happy as well to be on here to be able to talk about Pay It Forward and, and uh, also connect with, uh, with the Cade Foundation. So thank you very much. Uh, yes, Pay It Forward Fertility Foundation was actually founded uh, also in 2000, uh, actually in 2010, and it was founded by a couple who uh, went through infertility and uh, was successful with IVF and uh, had their little girl, and they were just, uh, you know, the, the journey was difficult, and they were blessed financially and just saw as they were in the clinic that uh, couples were struggling financially to be able to achieve their dream of a baby. Uh, so they wanted to donate a cycle, and uh, the doctor at their clinic said, you know, this is enough money to start a foundation, and so Pay It Forward Fertility Foundation was born. So it has been in uh, out of North Carolina for the uh, for the last five years and uh, four and a half years, 
And then recently here in Texas, um, I took it over here in Texas, uh, Rob and Lori Moscato, the founders, uh, are busy traveling and raising their two kids now, and we're uh, wanting to uh, wanting to, to hand it off to somebody who can who, who can grow it and and to just continue with their mission of of uh, helping to deliver um, the miracle of life. And so um, so here we are. We've got lots of uh, clinical partners, and and basically what we do is like the Cade Foundation, we offer uh, grants for IVF and for don- and also for donor. And uh, we offer uh, monetary grants anywhere from $1,000 to, uh, to $10,000 as well. We also offer full-cycle grants. And we've got many clinical partners around the United States, uh, in Florida, in North Carolina, in Texas, um, all over. And, and, and we're growing that, that sector, too, because the more clinical partners we can get, the more um, donated cycles we can get, so the more grants we can offer. So... We are actually in uh, grant applications right now. The the date, uh, the, the cutoff date was September 26 for this go around. We will be selecting the recipients as of uh, November 15th. We'll, we'll be announcing the recipients. And like the Cade Foundation, we do not have any uh, restrictions other than the diagnosis of infertility. But we do pride ourselves on the selection process. We do have a board of directors, and it includes um, uh, administrators, it includes lawyers, it includes accountants, it includes um, many doctors. Actually, we've got many uh, facility specialists on the board. And, and collectively, we look at the applications and look at, okay, is there a financial need? Yes. We look at, okay, yes, there's a diagnosis, a diagnosis of infertility. You know, um, we, we, we actually ask, ask them to, uh, to uh, write down their journey, their story, and, and, and we get to actually, you know, get, get to know them a little bit and get to know their story. And our, and our, hearts, our hearts always melt, and, and we have lots of tissue nearby when we're, when we're reading those stories. But, uh, but we have a very thorough application uh, selection process in which, uh, again, we just make sure that, that, uh, that uh, the diagnosis of infertility there and the financial need is there. You know, one out of seven couples struggle with infertility, and only 10% of um, people diagnosed with infertility can really afford treatment. And so that's why the Cage Foundation, that's why we are here um, to offer that hope. It should not be a rich person's um, a privilege to be able to have a family. It should be every everyone deserves the right the, the, you know to have their dream of a family met. So, so that's why we're here, and that's that's what we're about. We offer grants three to four times a year, and you can just go to our website and you can see uh, our our next uh, grant uh, application date will be in March uh, with a selection uh, around April, and and we keep our our website updated to to reflect those dates. Uh, Camille, with uh, how often uh, uh, Pay It Forward has uh, three granting cycles per year, how many uh, granting cycles uh, does the Cade Foundation have? Well, um, I'm glad that you asked that because that has changed most recently. Um, In the past, we've offered one review cycle per year because, um, like Pay It Forward, we do have a number of different types of professionals involved in the review process. Um, We have a medical advisory committee that reviews all the medical um, forms, and and they're all fertility doctors in this area, a financial advisory committee, which are professionals in the um, financial field, but that work specifically in adoption and and fertility 
um, for adoption and fertility organizations that review all the financial forms, and then our board of directors, our board of trustees, um, which is um, doctors, lawyers, um, administrators, people in academia. Uh, so they are they do the final selection, um, and it's very difficult with their very busy schedules. But this starting um, in 2015, 2015, we are going to start reviewing the applications twice a year. So the application that is available right now are set to be reviewed in February, and then a second round of applications will be reviewed in August. So um, I'm really excited that we're moving to a twice-per-year uh, cycle to give more families an opportunity um, to receive funding. You can get information about other grants for fertility treatment on our website. We have what we think is an up-to-date list uh, for uh, fertility grants. Uh, it is, again, under uh, a to, infertility A to Z resources uh, fertility grants. Uh, I will say one of the interesting things is that some of these grants, well, um, some start off but become inactive. That has been uh, a problem with keeping the, the list up to date. And the other is that it's interesting that they uh, often have, not often, but some of them have, uh, geographic restrictions. So I will warn you that uh, you do need to look and make certain that you meet the the criteria. Uh, Camille, Lisa has told us some of the factors that they look at, uh, Pay It Forward looks at, when selecting who will receive a grant. How in the world do you select? Uh, as 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 Lisa said, there's many um, there are many sad stories. There are many compelling stories of people who right. are very deserving. What are some of the factors that work in uh, when the uh, grant committee is sitting down looking at their uh, at these applications that come into the Cade Foundation? What are some of the things that stand out that make it more likely that somebody would receive a grant? Yes, that's an excellent question. So um, before I talk a little bit about our financial advisory committee and our medical advisory committee, and I think that those committees are crucial because everyone has fantastic stories, and not fantastic in a good way, fantastic as in everyone has gone through so much. And so some things that we use to differentiate really are um, the scores that are provided by the medical advisory committee, which don't necessarily look at whether or not people will be uh, ever get pregnant or they will be good parents. They specifically look at the the, pro the procedure that the family has asked to use the grant money to fund, and they would give an evaluation on the likelihood that that particular procedure would be successful. Um, our financial advisory committee looks at things like taxes and pay stubs and your budget, and they come up with what they would consider discretionary income, and they come up with a score um, on using the information that the family has provided, the, the amount of money that the family actually needs versus the amount that they say they would need. And this is really important because everyone could use money. Everyone could use $10,000. But when you when you kind of get into the details and you see one family perhaps has sold a home, sold a vehicle, has really downsized their lifestyle so that they could save money and uh, 
set aside for this family building that's so important to them. And then you have another family that may come in with the same income, but they have made different financial choices. Um, then you you may you may say, well, you you know you show me where your priorities are. If you are living in a home, perhaps that you um, may not be able to afford, um, or if you're eating out a lot, um, and that is, but you're saying you need you know, 8000 for fertility treatment, you may find that if you're able to cut back on your lifestyle, then you would be able to fund it on your own. And we really are here to fill in the gap. We we are not able to provide 100% of need for anyone uh, because it's rare, um, even for most families that go through IVF, that even a full grant of 10000 will completely meet the need. Mm-hmm. We really are looking to see that people are um, prioritizing in a way that suggests that family building is of value. Um, and so we have the medical and the financial advisory committees that rule, that um, provide scores and summary sheets. But we also do look at personal statements. Um, and some of these families have been through so much but the reason why we have some of these other things to balance the um, the scoring process is there is such a thing as bias. Uh, yeah, I may have a bias for people who come from Richmond, Virginia, because I'm from Richmond, Virginia. Um, another member of the board may have a bias for people who have struggled with, um, you know, a certain uh, medical diagnosis to say that our selection can process is unbiased, is a bias itself. You're not recognizing the fact that there is bias. So we try and minimize that by having those other two um, very important factors considered, and those scores um, weigh heavily on the on the scoring process, as well as um, looking at the personal statements from um, the intended parents. What type of uh, finan- uh, financial information, proof of income, and proof of expenditures um, are you looking for, and, and do people need to be prepared? Let me start with you, Lisa, and then, uh, Camille, I'm going to come back to you. I'd like to hear your uh, thoughts on that as well. Because I think that one of the things that people don't often think about is that you've got – it's not just submitting an application and, and writing an essay about how much you want this. Most and with some of the granting entities, that might be the case. But most often, you're going to have to submit something, uh, and it's usually pretty specific. So, with pay it for, with pay it forward, Lisa, what type of of financial information is required? Yes, we actually require a copy of a tax return, so that uh, again, um, like the Cade Foundation, we look at all those factors and to take out the bias and to make sure that there really is a financial need. Uh, we also look at their debt-to-income ratio. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, I know that Camille was, was talking about you know, prioritizing, you know, if, if, if really a child is, is, is what, you, what you're looking to achieve. You know, someone goes out and buys the, uh, the, the $40,000, you know, new car, new truck in that same year. You know, we, we, we certainly look at those, those factors. Um, so we, we do look at debt-to-income ratio, um, tax returns. Uh, I know this isn't financial, but we also do a background check on the actual uh, recipients once they've been chosen. Again, just to, just to, to alleviate any, 
anything that could be there that we didn't know about, you know, we we take this responsibility very seriously, and and that we are helping to uh, help helping to 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 help some, you know, a couple or a person have a family. Camille, what type of financial information should people be prepared to um, submit uh, if they apply for a Kate Foundation grant? Yes, so we would like to, we're, we're going to require the first page of your tax return. Um, we will also require pay stubs, um, and if you mm-hmm. are an entrepreneur, some proof of um, how you make money, um, whether that be a 1099 or, or some, some type of evidence um, of how you generate revenue. Um, because we want to make sure that you're also able to take care of a baby after you bring that mm-hmm. baby or that child home. Um, and then we do get both a copy of your household budget, so how do you spend your money regularly, as well as the grant budget. How do you want to use the money? Um, and this is really important. If someone is saying, we mm-hmm. want to use the money for um, IVF using donor egg, and we have saved um, $5,000. But we don't have, so if they say they've saved $5,000 and let's say the procedure is $30,000, if they get funded at $10,000 with a CAID grant and they have saved $5,000, that's $15,000. That leaves a gap of $15,000. We want to see that the family has really thought through everything involved and they are ready to move forward because what would be really heartbreaking is to say we're going to fund this family because the money is only available for one year. If we said we were going to fund this family, but they weren't able to come up with that additional $15,000 in the year, they will forfeit the money. It would go back into the general pool of money and be um, awarded to a different family the next year. So what we would prefer to do is say wait, until you are at a position where you're ready to move forward and then apply for a CAID grant. We really are here to to bridge the gap for people who have decided what they want to do and are able to move forward. Um, occasionally we get families who say, well, we'll take the money and we'll, we'll use it for whatever. We can We can do fertility treatment, we can do adoption, we can do whatever. Those are not families that would be strong candidates for CAID grants. We really are looking for people who have made a decision and they're ready to move forward and financially they are in a position to take that next step um, to to either have fertility treatment or adopt. Yeah, we should probably mention that the Cade Foundation and it's I think I think it's fairly unique in this respect, is open for both treatment uh, people who are seeking fertility treatment as well as people who are seeking to create their family through adoption. And I don't believe Lisa the uh, Pay It Forward is exclusive to uh, infertility treatment, isn't it? Correct. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, and mo- as as are most of the others that we that we list as well. Where? How do you factor in chances of success? And that, and, and as we talk about that, I also want to talk about age because age, as we know. In real estate, it's location, location, location. In in fertility Mm -hmm. uh, treatment and success, it's age, age, age. It is the number one factor we have to look at when we determine the the options of treatment as well as the chances of success. So uh, let me start with you, Camille, then we'll move to Lisa. I want to hear how that factors in both in general chances of success as well as age. I know you don't have an age restriction, but I'm curious to know whether 
if um, uh, does it have, but does success matter, or the chances of success matter? Yes, the likelihood of success, given whatever you want to use the money for, does matter, and that's why we have the. Um, at least for people who want to use the money for fertility treatment. That's why we have that medical advisory committee. So, you know, if you if you have two families who are both fantastic families, strong families, um, and one of them has a, a female partner who is 54 years old and um, postmenopausal and wants to use her own eggs for an IVF procedure, and the other has a female partner that is perhaps 28 um, and, you know, wants to use her own eggs for an IVF procedure, those score, the, the uh, medical advisory committee may score those two differently given just the, the medical history, the age of the female partner, given the data that was suggested age is an important factor in the success of a treatment. So we don't want to just throw money at a situation that doesn't have a likelihood, a strong likelihood of success. Mm-hmm. Now, if that same female partner came in and she was interested in moving forward with um, an egg donor, um, which is a you know a younger egg, presumably, um, then she may score differently um, compared to if she was using her own eggs. We don't discriminate um, based on age, but we do look at age in conjunction with everything, with all the other factors, um, and that is most relevant for the families pursuing fertility treatment. Adoption, it's not so much an issue because, um, you know, it's not a judgment about your ability to parent and provide a a stable, safe, uh, loving environment for a child. This is just looking at the medical uh, history, and we want people to be successful. That said, there are families who pursue uh, fertility treatments who are unsuccessful using the grant money that we've provided. And we have a commitment to supporting that family, um, you know, to infinity and beyond uh, using Bud, Bud's Lightyear. So we, they you tell you're the mother of, of young children, yes. <laughs> I am. Yes, I am. So we, we have a commitment to them so much so that um, we stay with them. We have a trustee who's assigned to them. You know, we we care about them, so they we become integrated into their lives, and they become integrated into the Cade, uh, into the Cade community. I, I was just at an event in Las Vegas um, two weekends ago, and I had four families from California come down to Las Vegas to support the activity and really serve as a resource, um, encouraging and, and inspiring families. Um, that that came to our event. So um, we don't give up, and any babies that come in, uh, we celebrate them as much as as we celebrate the babies that come with the the grant money that was used to pay for their cycle. Do people have a if they are not successful, can they apply for another grant? You know, we've never actually had that question, and I would probably. I would have to defer to the board for that. We've never even had um, that has never been an issue before. But that okay. is a good question, and as we have more and more uh, families that have been funded through Cade, that may become an issue um, in the future. Yeah, it might. All right. Um, 
Lisa, with the Pay It Forward Foundation, how do you factor in age and chances of success? Well, that it's it's very much the same as the Cade Foundation in terms of we rely heavily on the medical board at that point to look at the applications. We certainly factor in everything, but like uh, the Cade Foundation, we want to make sure that we are um, giving the grants to the people with the chances of with the highest chances of success. Certainly, and uh, so that is that is why. Uh, we, as long as the K- as well as the Cade Foundation, have a medical board to be able to to do that. We don't have age restrictions. Uh, we do look at though age. We look at BMI. Uh, we look at past treatment. We look at medical history, or at least the the, the medical board does. Uh, it's very important. Certainly, uh, you know, we wish that everybody's chances of success were the same, but we know the reality is. is as you become less young or as you have other factors that uh, the chances of success uh, diminish. And uh, and so that is one of the primary reasons uh, we have the, the medical board in place. I'm really glad you mentioned BMI. I um, was negligent not to mention that because I think that was a, as with age, a BMI can't uh, body mass index. Uh, how overweight you are um, in comparison to other factors about your build and whatever. Uh, so that's a great point. Uh, and Camille, I'm assuming that BMI would be treated the same way as age with your foundation as well. That is included in the medical, the mm-hmm. medical um, advisory committee's algorithm. Um, and there are a number of other issues, a number of um, lab markers that they also consider. Um, that help them get a good impression, a snapshot of um, the, the patient for the applicant's likelihood of success with the procedure that they're asking to use the money to fund. Okay. We have a question uh, from one of our audience who wants to know if grants are available to cover the cost of surrogacy. She says she's only seen grants for IVF. Uh, Lisa? Is uh, your yes. grant open for surrogacy? And then, Camille, we'll uh, ask that question to you. Yeah. Yes, uh, we are open to surrogacy, although I will tell you that we do, uh, because we only have a, 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 a pool of money, a certain amount that we can give, you know, depending on our fundraising efforts throughout the year, uh, we will most likely give the grants for IVF cycles uh, to begin with, and then set aside some money and perhaps look at uh, somebody with a need of surrogacy um, um, as, as, as a secondary. And so uh, it's something that we are open to. It's not that we're not open to it. Uh, we, uh, although if we have the choice to be able to offer, you know, four grants for IVF or one surrogacy, you know, our, our hearts tend to want to go to the uh, – to the four grants for the IVF, uh, but, but we, we accept the applications and we have given a grant for surrogacy before, and um, and I'm sure we will again. Camille, so we do absolutely fund gestational carrier um, agreements and um, gestational carrier IVF procedures. We fund egg donor. Um, if you if there's a need for sperm donor, we fund pretty much all. Um, fertility treatments that are offered at accredited U.S.-based um, fertility centers. Um, now, we would not fund the the kind of the pretreatment. So some people have um, asked about 
well, um, my tubes are blocked. So would you fund the surgery to get the to to open the tube? No, we would not fund that. We would fund the definitive treatment to help either get you pregnant or to help you adopt a baby. So that would be fertility treatment at provided by a fertility clinic um, or or uh, the domestic adoption. All right. Let me mention now that. Uh, I do not know if this uh, questioner um, has this as an issue, but it is important to note that if you are infertile as a result of cancer or cancer treatment, mm-hmm. other grants are available. We have done a, a number of shows at Creating a Family on, on this specific topic, uh, getting pregnant or uh, creating a family after cancer. Uh, and uh, you can get, listen to those, get those resources, and there are a number of grants and other ways to reduce the cost for people who have um, suffered through, uh, from cancer and are infertile as a result. Um, Lisa, is there an application fee for uh, – one of the things that we encourage people to do is pay attention to uh, the application fees for um, uh, applying for grants. Is, does Pay It Forward have an application fee, and if so, how much? We do, and we like to call it really a donation to the foundation rather than an application fee. Uh, We're not charging for them to be able to put an application in. We are certainly, just because we are a nonprofit organization, just the the manpower to be able to go through the – the applications and to be able to to um, to also collect that money and hopefully be able to offer another partial grant to somebody. Um, and so ours is fifty dollars, and it's and it's non-refundable. And we again, it's a, it's a donation uh, to the foundation, so they can write it off as a as a tax write-off. Okay. How about with the Cade Foundation, Camille? Yes, there there is a fifty dollar application fee. And um, it is also tax deductible, but there is a cost to do business, and we do between the labor hours and preparing the applications and the postage for sharing that information with all of the different um, advisory committee members. There's there is a significant cost to just reviewing mm-hmm. the grant applications, and we want the money that people donate that is intended to support families to be used for that. And so we try um, to to separate those costs associated with administration and um, just processing from the money that is really intended to provide family building support. Um, And so while there is a cost, we do feel like um, it is an investment, um, and and mm-hmm. in life sometimes you have to pay for things. But um, you know we are doing our best to ensure for all families that contribute in any way to Kate Foundation that the dollars and the cents that they contribute are being used in the way that they intend. You are listening to Creating a Family. Today we're talking about grants for fertility treatment. Creating a Family has the largest infertility and adoption communities on the social networks, and we would love to have you join us. There are three ways to connect with us on Facebook. You can, of course, like our Creating a Family page, which is facebook.com slash creatingafamily, or we have a very large uh, online support group. We're well over 5,000 members now. We would It would be even better if you joined. It is a very active and a very supportive group. 
uh, and you can uh, find that group. It is a closed group. Uh, the easiest way to find it is to type in the words creating a family in the Facebook search box. Both the page will pop up as well as the group. You can like the page and join the group. Uh, you have to request to join, but we will let you in. You can also connect with me personally on Facebook, and that's Davenport one We can find us on Pinterest at Creating a Family. You can find we have lots and lots of boards over there. It is a fun place to hang out. On Twitter and Google Plus, you can find us at Creating a Family there as well. Do some fertility clinics have programs to either give an IVF cycle to a patient or substantially reduce the cost of IVF? Is this something that that clinics do for uh, financial need for patients with financial need? Have, have either of you heard of that happening very often, Lisa? Uh, well, that's uh, typically that is why a clinic will partner with us or probably with the Key Foundation as well. Is that uh, is that they want to be able to help? Um, the, the danger in doing it themselves is that they it, it, uh, they don't necessarily have that objective. Um, a decision-making process and who to give it to and who, to, who not to give it to. So in my experience, in all the clinics that we partner with and the clinics that I've worked with, they prefer to go through uh, a nonprofit organization that has those um, algorithms in place, that has those, the, the selection process in place, so that they are not making those decisions based on an emotional decision or a bias somewhere. And so, uh, you know, certainly there are discount programs in the clinic. You know, I know Serona has compassionate care and Faring has their, you know, there are programs that can help reduce the cost of IVF treatment. Um, but do I feel that clinics will hear a story and say, oh, goodness, this is tough for them. Um, we should discount their IVF cycle. I don't feel that that's something that the clinics uh, do um, for the reasons that I stated before. Um, I don't know, Camille, have you have you seen or heard that? Yes, there are a number of clinics that provide discounted cycles. Um, sometimes the, the clinics provide literally cut rates on their cycles, and there are a number of clinics that actually um, promote themselves as having lower rates for fertility treatment. Um, I've also seen a number of clinics that offer bundled cycles where oh, you may okay. end up spending the regular amounts or ten to $15,000 for one cycle, but you can go for three cycles for 20000 mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. You know, six cycles for thirty. where if you get the bulk uh, buy, you get more cycles. Um, and many of those clinics even have a guaranteed uh, return. Either you get pregnant or you get your money back which um, kind of like insurance. Um, I know that um, we have had events, fundraising events throughout the country and have had um, great partnerships with a number of clinics who have donated an IVF cycle that mm-hmm. we give out as a door prize at the mm-hmm. fundraising event. And um, most of them have given outright an IVF cycle, but some of them have given mm-hmm. huge discounts, um, and these are all very important resources. And in, in addition to the the clinic um, discounts and free IVF cycles um, and bundle cycles, there are a number of resources available for 
um, discounted or free meds. Um, I know mm-hmm. that um, Lisa, you just you mentioned Faring's program, which is mm-hmm. extremely competitive um, in providing discounts, and EMD Serono also provides mm-hmm. um, deep discounts through their Compassionate Care program, and I know that both Faring and uh, EMD Serono provide um, significantly discounted and free meds to members of the um, um, the armed services community, uh, particularly if they were rendered infertile as a result of their work uh, during active duty. Um, there are discounts, significant discounts provided to um, families that are struggling with cancer and mm-hmm. um, who have different other medical um, conditions. So I would suggest that before a family um, gives up and just says, this is too much, it's too much money, I can't afford it, that they definitely look at the resources provided in the fertility world, at the the different Mm -hmm. clinics in their community, but also at the meds because the meds can be upwards Mm -hmm. of a third of the cost Mm -hmm. of um, the treatments. You you know, don't just forget about that $5,000 in pharmacy Mm -hmm. that you're going to need because that, that can be, for some people, the factor that prevents them from moving forward. And um, th- there are significant discounts and um, mm-hmm. fantastic programs available. I think I misunderstood the oh, Go ahead. May, may I jump in, John? I think I sure. misunderstood the question. I thought the, the question you were asking was, do, do clinics offer discounts on IVF or um, – Kind of like grants on their own, and and just just say, oh, we, we will we will reduce your price by this or based on your circumstance. Um, that actually what, that, what that, that was the it. question. No, that good point, okay. Lisa. That actually was my question. I was going to come back uh, to Camille, and uh, everything she said was spot on, and 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 very helpful. But have you seen Camille where? What sometimes I well let me put it this way I have seen clinics do this uh, where sometimes when there has been a failed cycle or the there is an extreme financial need where the clinic itself might either offer a discount significant discount that they have not offered others they're, they're offering it based on need or even uh, uh, or even, I, I'm not sure about giving it completely away but um, although perhaps I don't know about that have you seen that happen based on need alone. I've seen that happen kind of on an ad hoc basis. Absolutely. Yeah, I meant ad hoc, yes. Yes, but the challenge there is, quite frankly, when a doctor makes a decision to provide a discount because the patient is crying or the patient has had an unfavorable outcome, um, they're making assumptions about the financial background of the family mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes those assumptions are incorrect. Um, I mean, I, I know that yeah, I've heard more than once from a um, provider that they, you know, the person with the best story that they ended up giving a discount to had the biggest, most fabulous car in the parking lot, but you don't see that when you're mm-hmm. in the clinic. So working with a nonprofit like Pay It Forward or like Case Foundation gives clinic that additional assurance Mm -hmm. that someone has looked at their financial background and has um, evaluated the need. 
versus the wants. We're here to support the need because everybody wants the financial support um, and everybody would, of course, benefit from it. Um, so it does happen. I think it happens a lot more in the past. Um, but, you know, when there are organizations like ours that are able to provide additional information to inform the gifting, um, I think that that has given clinics a, a better assurance that when they're discounting or they're giving away cycles, um, they're going to families that, that truly need that financial support. Gotcha. Did I let me all, You absolutely did. Um, okay. Let me uh, interject as well that we did a show a year or so ago uh, titled Saving Money on Fertility Meds, and we had a representative from all the major pharmaceuticals, and they talked at length about their programs uh, you've, both of you have mentioned some right then, uh, but they're, they're, each of the pharmaceuticals has a uh, has programs that you might be eligible for. And uh, as Camille mentioned, the cost of of fertility medications is not insubstantial. So it uh, is it's worthy of, of trying to get that um, um, finding out about those those programs as well. I imagine you you guys could probably uh, both write a book on the mistakes you see people make when applying for a grant. If you could just summarize for us a bit uh, some of the bigger mistakes you see people making that if you could reach them before they submitted their application and say, okay, don't do this, what would be on that list? Camille? Oops, you're having to think on that one, huh? Ooh, I think we may have lost Camille. Lisa, oh, let's go ahead and start with okay. you. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, that, that's a that's a really hard question. <laughs> um, I would probably say uh, two things. I would say certainly from from a being diagnosed with infertility, you know, you always want people to start sooner. You always, you know, and and mm-hmm. and by the time they they get to this this process of looking for a grant, you know, they a lot of times they've tried. They've tried um, for years and, and, and years, and so, uh, you know, for, for those of you out there that um, that haven't been diagnosed with infertility, that might just, um, just, be, just be aware it's one in seven couples get, you know, um, just get checked sooner, if you, you know, and, and mm-hmm. make sure that you're seeking treatment sooner. So um, from an application standpoint, I would just say on the, the financial piece is an interesting one because... I know that Camille was talking about it and, and just looking at the plan and really looking at your overall finances and being able to plan and say, okay, you know, um, perhaps we're not going to buy the new house or the new car for a couple of years or however long because we know we want a baby. That's the thing I think that surprises me the most when I look at the financial and go, wow, you know, did they not know that, you know, IVF was going to be $15,000 before they bought the $40,000 car? Did, you know, did they not plan that? So I think that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, I, I really can't think of anything else. You know, perhaps uh, just just keeping healthy and and making sure you're doing everything so that your you know your BMI is is healthy and you are healthy and and uh, and those are the two things that come to mind on my end. I will say I'm, I'm, that a recurring here. theme Sorry. here. Okay, good. Hang on just a second. A recurring theme at creating a family that we continue to promote is seek treatment sooner and and mm-hmm. uh, get to a get to a reproductive endocrinologist sooner because we do see 
Um, it's it's uh, literally daily. We see people <clears throat> posting on our support group who have been trying for years, and they are still with their gynecologist. And uh, at some point, you and, and sooner rather than later, you need to move to a reproductive endocrinologist. So I'm always happy to have uh, somebody else say that uh, since I sound a bit like a broken record at times. Okay, Camille, any thoughts on the mistakes people make um, uh, when uh, applying that you wish that they would know about ahead of time? I think that so many people, and myself included, when I went through my fertility um, process, um, is that they underestimate the value of support, um, Mm. emotional support, whether that be professional support or peer-to-peer support. Um, And so I think a big mistake is walking into it thinking that um, you don't need support and that you can do it on your own. This is extremely painful, emotionally um, difficult. And when you have other people who understand and can encourage you on those days where you don't feel like moving, uh, it's going to make it a lot easier to continue pushing forward. So, you know, number one mistake is under underestimating the value of support. Um, I think that when you are connected with a supportive community, you learn about things like the importance of BW, B, not sorry, BWI, BMI. Um, you learn about the value in downsizing and downscaling your lifestyle, lifestyle because you understand other people are able to tell you, hey, you really want to get that new house or you may want to think about that car because IVF is going to cost you $10,000. You really want that new um, payment. You, you want to have to make that new payment. Um, when you're doing it alone, it's easy to make mistakes that you would have avoided if you if you were plugged into a larger community, like creating a family um, where you could get good information as you navigate um, some of the different challenges um, of this fertility journey. I am such a, obviously, I guess, uh, since this is what I do, but I am such a advocate of support groups. I, I just couldn't agree with you more. I, I see the value literally daily in what we do. Uh, I, I, in-person support groups are wonderful. The reality, however, is that they really aren't available for the majority of people. If you live, actually, if you live outside of a major metropolitan area, there usually is not an in-person support, and quite frankly, most metropolitan areas don't have it either. So there are a lot of uh, you can start one, and that wouldn't be something bad to think about either. So that is certainly an option uh, just to uh, start in person. But uh, online support groups. Uh, can be a real lifesaver. So, uh, Camille, thank you for uh, for mentioning that because I I truly see daily um, the the wonders that can be wrought by seeking out people who you know are a little further down or in the process than you or right where you're at, uh, and they can still offer you support. Hang in there, Absolutely. you can do this that type of stuff, and and also practical support of yeah. Do you know how much it's going to cost? Think twice. That type of thing. Now, mm-hmm. though, I want to end because, as I uh, one of you, I think it was Camille, mentioned, 
the reality is you can only give money away for people uh, to uh, uh, support their uh, dreams of a family if you are bringing in money. You are a granting entity, and as, as these foundations, you also have to, uh, you have, to have money that, uh, that, uh, in order to do that. So I wanted to hear how your organizations actually raise money kind of give you a chance to kind of give a plug as to um, uh, what uh, how people can help. If they believe in your mission, what can they do to help you? Uh, Lisa, let's start with you and Pay It Forward Foundation. Okay, wonderful. Well, uh, taking over here in Texas, uh, it's certainly been uh, new for us here in Texas. So I know Lori and Rob in North Carolina, they did an annual gala. Uh, they did um, fundraising dinners and um, events, educational events, things like that, uh, and certainly had lots of clinical partners. So coming down to uh, to Texas, we've done a couple things. We've we're, uh, we finished a golf tournament in which we were able to raise some some great money through the golf tournament. We are also doing. We're so excited about this. This is our first gala. We're going to do a Valentine's gala at the Four Seasons in Austin, Texas, on Valentine's Day, on the evening of Valentine's. So, uh, so husbands have to, to, to think about what they're going to do. It's going to be black tie and gown, and it's just going to be wonderful. It's going to be a great date night, and we're just going to really cast the vision of all the, the couples out there that, that need the financial assistance, that really, you know, want it, want uh, their dream of a baby to come true. And, and uh, of course, we'll have auction items and, and all kinds of uh, things to help raise money for the foundation so we can just continue to offer more grants. Uh, there is another uh, thing that just happened, and we're so blessed by it. Uh, they're uh, authors in Austin. They just wrote a book called Where Have All the Storks Gone? It was Chris and Michelle Miller, and they wrote a book on their infertility journey and then their journey of pregnancy after infertility and then parenting after infertility. And it's it's really kind of the only book of its kind because it it encompasses all three uh, all three seasons of it. And so they have decided to uh, take a percentage of their proceeds and donate it to the paper forward fertility foundation so that's that's a really a really great thing for us too and so we're hoping to get like the cape foundation i i know camille's going to talk a lot about they do some amazing events and so we're going to grow and we're going to learn from them and 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 we're just going to continue to you know try to offer as many grants as we can to to uh help create the help deliver the miracle of life okay and we wish you the best of luck with that camille tell us about what the cape foundation does to raise money Yes, thank you. So we have activities throughout the country um, focused on both raising awareness and raising money to support families with infertility. The community awareness is a critical part of that. Um, And so we've hosted different types of activities, and we always partner, we always pair our fundraisers with education-focused programming so that we can um, really pour into the community as we are raising money within the community. Um, so we have wine tastings. We just had one in Las Vegas uh, last weekend, which was a huge success. Uh, we have, and we call those Fertilla Vines. We have tea parties, which we call Fertilla Teas, and we have cocktail parties called Fertilla Teenies. Um, we also have uh, a race for the family, and that has been held, we've had them in other areas of the country, but we've had the Maryland race for nine years, and it's um, a very successful event. Um, and then our last fundraiser is our gala. It's our, it's our major celebration of the families that we have worked with and supported, and really of a 
fertility community of all the good work going on. And our gala is going to take place on Saturday, November the 1st at M&T Bank Stadium, home of the Baltimore Ravens. And I know that uh, there is a lot of enthusiasm there. Yes, um, we're looking forward to our gala. Um, and, and we always have our families come back and um, talk about their updates and the things that have happened since we uh, last connected in person. And so we have a, a number of things that we do to raise money. Our, our education-focused programs are all free to the public, um, and so we do also um, get sponsors for to, to underwrite the cost of uh, those programs as well. I just want to take a quick moment to thank a few more of our gold sponsors and to remind you that it is through their generous support that we can bring this, you this show, as well as all the resources provided by Creating a Family. We have Cryos International. They are a New York sperm bank, which are part of the world's largest international network of sperm banks. They offer donor semen and semen storage services with the ability to ship specimen to more than 65 countries. We also have the law offices of James Fletcher Thompson. They are a South Carolina firm committed to assisted reproductive law and adoption. And we have Nightlight Christian Adoptions. They were the pioneers in offering embryo donation services to clients throughout the world through their Snowflakes Embryo Adoption Program. If you have enjoyed this show and want to help us grow, we would ask that you rate us on iTunes. We are rated number one on iTunes, and we would like to keep that rating, uh, as well as it's how iTunes knows to uh, suggest our show to people. We are found out that we've been listed on their What's Hot for Families and Kids, and as well as uh, staff favorites. And uh, Anyway, it's a lot to do with our ratings, and we would really appreciate if you would go there, you can either uh, click on the iTunes button on our radio page, or you can, if you've got iTunes on your computer or phone, just go in and type in the words Creating a Family, and it'll take you right there. Thank you so much, Dr. Camille Hammond and Dr. Lisa. And listen to me, doctor. I'm sorry about that. Dr. Camille Hammond <laughs> and Lisa Duran. I was giving you an honorary doctorate uh, for being our guest <laughs> today. On, yeah, yeah, I know. It'd be an easier way. I'm sure Camille would say that she wishes she could have gotten her. That, that is easy as that. I'm telling um, you. <laughs> yeah, it would That's be, yeah, good. all I got to do, just show up and I'll just be throwing honorariums around. Uh, thank you so it. much. <laughs> for being our guest today on Creating a Family. If you want to participate in the a discussion on this topic, I will be blogging about it tomorrow. You can go there at creatingafamily.org slash blog. To get more information about the Pay It Forward grant, you can go to our foundation and their grants. You can go to their website, payitforwardfertility.org. To get more information about the Cade Foundation and their grants, you can go to their website, which is Cade foundation.org. Thank you for joining us, and I look forward to talking with you next week. And now, an ad from Dad. All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's what, man. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. 
I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.